listening to the Human Care Podcast, part of the Invisible Not Broken Network. I'm your host, Eva Minkoff. On this show, I have candid conversations with chronic illness warriors and health practitioners who are redefining what it means to be human when faced with health challenges. I'm also the founder of Wellacopia, the matching site for healthcare relationships. We connect chronic illness wellness seekers with the integrative providers best suited to be their partners in care. To match with your dream doctor, therapist, nutritionist, acupuncturist, chiropractor, and more, visit wellacopia.com. Today's episode is part one of my conversation with my personal colleague and friend, Nicole Krennic. Together, we talk about how to connect with your body in order to heal. Nicole is the co-founder of WANA, a community app for people with chronic and invisible conditions that fosters hope, direction, and healing. She co-created the idea for WANA, which stands for We Are Not Alone, with her partner Evan, based on their own struggles, finding the right support and the right education at the right time. WANA began with servicing complex chronic and invisible illnesses like Lyme, mold toxicity, and fibromyalgia, and now they cater to a wide audience ranging from mental health issues to allergies to gut issues, migraines, and so on. In part one of our conversation, we explore how Nicole's health nightmare turned into a reality due to toxic mold taking over her home, how the real work to healing began only after she examined her life from a 360 degree view, and how neuroplasticity brain retraining changed the healing game completely. I love talking to Nicole for so many reasons, one of which is because every other sentence is so raw yet quotable, she could write motivational messages for a living. I have no doubt you guys are going to love these episodes. Before we get started, a reminder that all conversations and health claims on this podcast are based on individual experiences and expertise. Everyone has their own personal and professional truths and should be treated as such. Okay, let's get started. Nicole, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eva. I am actually so excited to be with you and to be doing this podcast together today. Oh yeah, this is this is long overdue. I think we first talked about it in November and it's now May. Oh my God, how did that happen? I guess that is the healing journey, right? In, in its own timing. Oh yeah. And, you know, pandemic in the interim. It's yes, in- yes. That little hiccup that we're all in the midst of. Yeah, just that little thing. Nobody or anything. <laughs> uh, well, um, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for this long now. And um, it's remarkable that we only met actually once in person, but you've just been such a light in my life, even when you're not around. Uh, so I'm thrilled to have you on today. Um, most anticipated guest for a long time, I got to tell you. Aw, thank you. Thank you. And I am just so, I'm so excited, you know, when something just feels like right, like the breath is deeper and the eyes are more open and, and I'm in that experience with you. So let's do this. Ooh, I love that visual. Well, of course, I'd love for you to take us on your journey, uh, really an ongoing journey from 
you could say sickness to wellness uh, and wanna building your company wanna. But since I know that harping on the specifics of the pain of the past isn't always the most productive, I'd love for you to share with us your journey through the lens of lessons learned. Sure, absolutely. So just to briefly introduce myself, my name is Nicole Krenick. Um, as Eva said, I am the co-founder of WANA, which stands for We Are Not Alone. WANA is an app, and it's a community platform for people with chronic health conditions. It could be anything as mainstream from migraines, gut issues, to mental health, to Lyme disease, mold sickness, and everything that comes along with more complex chronic illnesses, such as the ones I just mentioned and the ones that I myself have been on a journey with. Um, so I'll take you a little bit um, back in time. Uh, I guess it would be natural to talk from going, talk about going from wellness to sickness and then back to wellness. Um, so back in uh, 2016, I would say I was living my, my best life. Um, I was my best self in retrospect. I would wake up every morning and begin my day with meditation, gratitude lists, journaling, I really found the ability to be present in life. I was leading a real estate team in New York, selling very high-end residential real estate, which afforded me the luxury of traveling the world, which was my greatest passion at the time. And uh, my health journey really culminated, ironically, in one of those passionate moments, which was traveling through Thailand. I took a three-week solo dreamy trip to Thailand, and I got back, and four days later, um, figuratively and almost literally, my life was turned upside down, upside down with a vertigo attack, um, which later got translated into Lyme disease, which then months later, I had um, a dream, literally a dream, and I'm happy to talk more about that at a, a, you know, later in the, in the podcast, about mold. And I realized I was living in a home with toxic mold and that I was suffering tremendously as a result of that. It's something that unfortunately many people live with. Many people can live healthily with until at some point, for example, a tick bites you and it throws your immune system upside down and unable to deal with the things that many other people deal with. Um, I often think about that because you could take two people and have them have the same conditions. So like you said, I don't harp on my conditions, but to name a few, uh, Lyme disease, mold sickness, Epstein-Barr, EMF sensitivity, mycoplasma infection, parasites, and, and so on and so forth. To me, they're all, um, you know, quote, diagnoses. And I say a quote because I think that when it's our time, what we need in life, the lessons, as you mentioned, come to visit us. And I believe that the body and the mind are deeply connected. And the body's a very sophisticated mechanism. It knows to protect oneself. It knows that if you're a hunter and gatherer and a bull is chasing you, run. The problem is that when the body is exposed to too much trauma, whether it be a tick bite, mold in the air, and or emotional trauma, it's usually a combination of all of it, the body goes into overdrive. It thinks a bull is chasing it, and it begins to overreact to these small triggers in huge ways, creating an inflammatory reaction, um, literal inflammation, and that can run amok in the body, which is why chronic illness is so complex. It's almost always an inflammatory component. But more than literal inflammation, it actually creates inflammation energetically, where again, it expands and overreacts to that which is not actually life-threatening as if it is. 
Um, where I start with my lessons, I wouldn't even begin to know, but let's give it a shot. Um, I learned that inside of chronic illness lies a tremendous amount of growth and expansion opportunity. I think in any challenge in life, there's always the opportunity for surrender, the opportunity to dance with fear. But more often than not, when one's life goes particularly from great, average, normal, okay, to the throes of chronic illness, which almost impacts every area of life, um, it's not that easy to just go, all right, I'm ready, let's do this. Um, in my experience, it's been a roller coaster of resistance and what you resist persists. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of faith versus fear. Um, and it's been a roller coaster of understanding that I could fly to Switzerland to see the top doctor in the world. I could go to somebody up in Connecticut who knows exactly how to get away with, you know, do away with Lyme. But at the end of the day, there is a psychosocial emotional component. And I'll just pause on the emotional aspect. And in my experience, I have found that until we deal with that, until we deal with other than the tick that bit us, the thoughts that we were ingesting up until the time we got sick, the emotions we were repressing, the childhood traumas that either we thought we dealt with, we didn't recognize as trauma, really the trauma that was in it. For me and for many others that I've found, and I've spoken to quite a few healers and therapists and people that specialize in this community, until the whole person is looked at like functional medicine does, until that scared little girl inside of you or scared little boy inside of you or however you identify with what you are inside of you, until those deeper, more embedded, cellular, emotional, psychological thoughts and entities are dealt with, it's a very hard puzzle to solve without those pieces. And I'm happy to elaborate more on it, but the greatest strides in my healing journey have been the hard work. And the hard work is not, I mean, don't get me wrong, none of it's easy, but it's not buying the filters and remediating your home and fogging it and taking 100 supplements a day and crying in bed in fetal position, praying to the God of your understanding to help you get well. It's looking at the things that you've managed to circumvent looking at your entire life. And that, I believe, is when the work begins and the healing begins. And it's been a three-year arduous journey to get to where I am today. But where I am today is I'm left with no other option but to start dialoguing with that fear, but to start doing the inner child healing, but to start listening to the thoughts that I have and redirecting them to thoughts of wellness. So at the end of the day, like I said, we are sophisticated and complex human beings, but often it's a simple solution that's right there, but we can't see because we've been walking with it our entire lives. And I think that the journey of chronic illness highlights all that you've almost managed to avoid, and it catches up to you, but in the best of ways. And if you can lean into it, therein begins, I think, real living. Really well said. I think you just captured so much of what I believe wholeheartedly um, when it comes to living with chronic illness and, and how to best go about uh, your healing journey, but also just people in general. I think um, everything that you're saying is so imperative to any human working on any aspect of their life, because as you said, humans, we are complex and we're also whole people. And Whole humans with whole lives. And it's 
I guess an example of how we're all the same and yet we're all different. Absolutely. Right. Like we we're all human and therefore have the same general wants and needs. Um, and at the same time, we also all experience trauma in varying degrees. Trauma means something different to each of our bodies. And for people with chronic illness, sometimes we take on traumas that wouldn't maybe hurt someone else physically, but it ends up manifesting in us physically. Um, Absolutely. We just don't know. Um, what about your, would you say your daily life is like? And, and I mean that on both like a, a tangible basis and also an intangible, like how you feel about it. Yeah, so that would really depend, Eva, on when you asked me that question. Good so point. Six, 65 days ago, it would have looked very different than what it looks like now. And um, I'm going to chat a little bit about both of those because I think it provides hope as to how dark it can get and that, you know, within two months, you could not even recognize what it was like then, but, but have compassion for it. Um, so two months ago was really different than now. Two months ago was the darkest moments I've ever gone through in my entire life. Um, I'm somebody who by nature at my core is a life lover. I'm a people lover. I see the blue sky and it could like light up all those juicy, delicious chemicals in my brain about like, you know, joy. And I couldn't access any of that two months ago. I was in the throes of an eating disorder addiction. I was in the throes of mold toxicity and in the throes of feeding, listening to, and ingesting those thoughts, which again, my inflamed brain just told me was the truth. And I realized it was not. So I was in a place where I rarely felt anything. I was incredibly numbed. I was the co-founder of this company that I'm so committed to seeing manifest because at the end of the day, it's helping people exactly like me. Um, that's where this all came from, which we could talk about more later. Um, and it was really the, the, the hardest, uh, I would say, six months of my life until, and I always say, even in the darkest room, the slightest amount of light can show you not where to go, but that there is a way out and there's somewhere other than that darkness. And that was my experience. It was quite a spiritual awakening for me. Uh, in the midst of the darkness, there was a, you know, not to sound woo-woo, but a, an internal soul level voice that just said, you can choose life. You, you actually, it's an option. And I did. I, um, I went into recovery for the eating disorder. I spoke to my partner and my team about needing to take a step back for a couple of weeks and take a wellness break. Um, I reached out to friends and family and said, you know, I, I need help. My brain's telling me one thing, but I know it's not my truth. And I'd like to find a way out. Um, I went to the Amen Clinic to get some scan of my brain just so I can see that whatever was going on was actually had a scientific neuroplasticity based uh, stance. And it was not my fault, which I did, which was incredibly liberating. And it's two months later, and my days are completely different. My days begin with a lot of self-care. Um, my main healing modality is neuroplasticity-based, so it's a brain retraining program. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that more as well. Uh, and then there is meditation. Uh, I usually start my day with a sauna, a low EMF sauna for detoxing while taking binders. I'm on a team call at 10 a.m. with my remarkable team, uh, the community manager, the you know, CTO, my business partner, 
the head of strategy. We brainstorm. I uh, get off the phone, and most of my days are spent uh, speaking with influencers, practitioners, WANA users, uh, experts who I'm starting to put together information for our WANA blog on. Uh, I live Wi-Fi free right now, which sounds wild. How can you be the co-founder of a tech company and not live on Wi-Fi? I hotspot my phone when I have to. Uh, when I must watch Netflix in the midst of the quarantine, it gets turned on. Uh, but the work gets done anyway. I work a lot from my phone because right now the mole toxicity interacts with the electromagnetic frequency in an overreactive way that I am seeing less and less in every day. Um, I try to do a form of exercise. I work very closely with a support team to eat well and make sure I'm actually eating enough and nourishing myself. And then I get delicious comfort from my little doggy Buddha. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much my day. Um, I really try to focus on all that is working, all that is progressing, rather than my limitations, because I did that. And that's what led to the hit that I found myself in two months ago. So I, I don't do that anymore. It's, it's not welcomed into my life. Um, and that's how I live my daily life pretty much. Thanks so much for sharing all of that. That was, uh, you know, it's, uh, I love your honesty. It's something that I loved about you right off the bat is I, you and I met for, I think we meant to meet for half an hour and then meeting for like four hours yeah it turned and, into about into about three or four and, yeah yeah uh and it's really something I love about you um and also you're such a powerhouse of a person whether that be even if you were laying in bed all day you're so powerful that's you just exude um I want to say positivity and optimism but I recognize that there are obviously times where you may not have felt that way yourself at the lowest yeah. of the lows. And we all, you all feel that way, but, but you in your most purest form from what, from what I can see is that, you know, that there's something there and yeah. that there is that opportunity, but sometimes it's really hard to find. Yeah. I love that you say that Eva, because, you know, I don't talk about um, transformation or growth in those terms alone. I always talk about remembering because it's about remembering who you are. It's about finding your way back when you're lost. You really can't be anyone other than who you are at your core. It's sort of like the statue of David. You just have to chip away at what's not you and there you are as you were. Um, and I love what you talk about. And um, you know, I, I really do think that in order to see that in me, it's only because you are that yourself. I think that's why we developed such a um, unique and instant friendship, having met just one time. And, you know, the ego and the fear is always there. After you shared, you know, gratitude for me sharing my honesty, I was like, did you just actually talk about an eating disorder on a live podcast? Is that going to get edited? What just happened? And then I do what I always do, which is I let my soul go. Yes, you did. And that's part of freeing yourself. That is part of the healing journey. And so what? You're not in it anymore, but it's a good reminder where you were, you know? It's so true. So true. I mean, I've definitely said some things on this podcast that uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, hmm, that was a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to do that too today. Um, but uh, actually, speaking of which, I want to go back to a couple things you mentioned. Definitely, sure. definitely neuroplasticity training. Um, as well as, I believe this is related, but they're different, uh, talking about 
your inner child healing. Cause I yeah. really think that's fascinating regardless of what people want to call it. Um, there's a whole lot of validity to it. So, uh, so yeah, what would you like to share there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my journey began, as I said, or I didn't say, in early 2017, February of 2017. And by January of 2018, I was at a different low. Um, It was my lowest of lows then because I hadn't hit six months ago yet. Um, But it was a low because I was virtually allergic to life. So for all of the listeners that are dealing with complex chronic illness, I was sleeping in a temporary apartment on a non-toxic mattress on the floor. I had no Wi-Fi. I couldn't put on the heat in the winter or the AC in the summer because of my mold sensitivity. I couldn't go into most restaurants if there was wood because my body and my brain would just go crazy around wood. I literally became allergic to life. I'm the grandchild of four Holocaust survivors and felt like I was living my own Holocaust where I couldn't couldn't get away from the enemy because the enemy was everywhere and nowhere was safe. And as a basic Maslow hierarchy, everyone knows that a roof over your head for safety is the most basic of foundations. And it was hard for me to even find safety with any four walls and roof over my head. And I knew inside from having done a lot of personal and professional growth training and development courses that you are your own best healer. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. And by a couple fortuitous incidences, um, I came across a program called Dynamic Neural Retraining System, DNRS. And it was specific for people with chemical sensitivities, which is a very unique thing, yet a prevalent thing within the complex chronic illness community. And I flew across the world to British Columbia, Canada, and did this uh, brain retraining program. And the basis behind it is that when the body is exposed to a certain amount of trauma, the limbic system in the brain, which is the fight or flight center, turns on and it gets caught in a trauma loop. And every time you think about illness, you talk about illness, you focus on illness, which is why Eva knows that I usually don't. Um, I'm doing this in the name of helping everyone out there because people help me and we need each other. It gets caught in this trauma loop and everything we're doing that we think are helping ourselves researching supplements, researching treatments, finding new doctors, which we absolutely have to do. But the extent to which we do it can actually hurt us. And so this particular methodology shows you how to interrupt. And it's through literal visualization, saying certain things, moving in a certain way, how to interrupt that trauma loop. Because the most brilliant part of neuroplasticity are that neurons that fire together, wire together. So I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. It's wiring and firing messages to your body that you're sick. But neurons that stop firing, stop wiring. So I'm sick, pause, stop, look at the blue sky, think about how joyful it is. You do that enough times and I'm way oversimplifying it. The body cannot create dis-ease, disease in the midst of that type of positivity. And it's not just about positivity, it's way more complex. But it, what, it took me from borderline dysfunctional to living a flourishing life. My symptoms went from probably a 90% in intensity to a 30% in only three months. It's a one-hour daily practice. And there are several neuroplasticity-based practices. There's the dynamic neural retraining system, as I mentioned. There is the lightning process which was created by Phil Parker, which I did about a year ago. It's very similar, but also different. 
Um, and I recently learned about something by this incredible woman that I've had the luxury of becoming friends with who herself suffered from Lyme and mold. She came across neuroplasticity-based brain retraining programs and realized they were too labor-intensive and she wanted one that was less work but would optimize her health in the same way. And she met a woman who put together a methodology called neurosculpting and recently launched a website called Neuropraxis where you listen to certain audio tapes. They range in time length from five minutes to 20. Some are for immune boosting. Some are for an energy boost, a confidence boost. And every single word, hand gesture, tone, everything in, in, in the audio is doing the brain retraining for you. I've been doing it for a couple of days and it's, it's mind-blowing and phenomenal. Um, and then there's a Gupta program, um, which I can't recall the name of it this minute, but it's the Gupta program. So, uh, and there's Joe Dispenza, who's like the leader in neuroplasticity. So the brain is malleable. The brain is in charge of the body and the brain actually tells the body what to do. And there's a way to stop, to even reverse your epigenetic expression through brain retraining. And I speak firsthand. Um, I, that's what I've done the last 60 days and I'm light years away from where I was. Uh, so that's about neuroplasticity. Um, I'll pause. You could jump in on that exciting topic and then I'm happy to tell you about inner child. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Human Care Podcast, part of the Invisible Not Broken Podcast Network. If you haven't already, please take the next 30 seconds to do these three things. Hit our subscribe button, leave feedback with a review, and share this episode with a loved one. Don't forget to check out our official Invisible Not Broken Network Facebook group. Please join us in our community conversations where you can ask questions, connect with fellow Invisible Illness peers, and make suggestions for the podcast visit facebook.com slash groups slash invisible not broken. And this link will of course be in the show notes. Also, if you ever want to submit a question or suggestion directly, feel free to send an email to chronicillnesspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for tuning in and being part of our mission to transform healthcare into human care. <laughs>